Well, good morning. Well, good morning. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Tim. Thanks for joining us here. A bit of a change of plans last minute. I really appreciate both of you um, joining me to pre-record this for today. Um, so thanks for being available. Really glad we could do this because I think it's a really important Sunday in the life of our church. As, as we've had these conversations, these coast community conversations out of our discernment process this year, and we've looked at all the different convictions that will shape our future, it's kind of been intentional that we've landed here this Sunday in what we're calling our new mission model for coast community. So it's really quite significant. We didn't want to start with that. In fact, it even gained more clarity as we've We've journeyed through those conversations, but to land at this point where we would say we believe we have a fresh new mission model for Coast Community that has got some clarity about it in what it would look like going forward. Um, so thanks for chatting with me about that. I think it's going to be a great conversation. When, when I think about it, so I'll come back to you, it's been really interesting over these last few years. I mean, our whole story of Coast Community from the time it was birthed, but even just looking at the few focuses over the last few years, it's really significant. I feel like God's done a work in us and we're positioned for such a time as this for this mission model what do you think about when you think about those focuses oh absolutely there's like we can look back i reckon even the last 10 years and there's been something that has stuck out of every single one of those Mm. focuses that i think has positioned us for where we are yeah um and and it's not coincidence it's not by chance it's god doing something in his church and preparing us to be the the people that he needs us to be for this season. Yeah. Um, but the last couple particularly, um, you know, a few years ago that we would have a harvest beyond our wildest dreams. Mm. Um, and that harvest is, you know, people coming into the kingdom. Yeah. And there's, there's a, I think there's a hunger for that at the moment, mm. considering what, you know, this year was looking yeah, like. Um, and then last year, you know, this that we would be a sanctuary vibrant with life. And the mm. sanctuary, we kept saying, isn't the building, it's yeah. the people, it's the church. Yeah. And that, you know, the life that, that we have flowing through us, the life that is others focused, that is, um, you know, attractive in the way we do community and love and care for one another, that's the kind of life we want to model further into our community mm. so we can be the church that, yeah. that God's calling us to be. Yeah. So I think he's just really set us up. Mm. And then, you know, this year, yeah. as we look, you know, enlarge your house, spread out your home. Um, so, so that idea that the harvest is ready, mm. that, that we are a sanctuary vibrant with life and we'll use our homes for that. Yeah. Let, let's bring that on to see what God's going to do. Yeah, it's pretty significant. And I think... In, in a nutshell, like there's this, it feels like there's this invitation from Jesus into a life that is probably the most adventurous life you could have, the best life you could have, the, the, the way life was designed to be. It feels like that's kind of the invitation that is on the table, which is pretty significant. Um, how are you feeling about this, Tim? Because, I mean, you obviously most of you know Tim, I'm sure. Tim is chair of our elders and has been in our eldership space for a long time, and I really appreciate your wisdom in that space um, and your friendship in that space for sure. How are you feeling about this concept of a new mission model for Coast Community? Yeah, thanks, Kev. Um, 
I'm excited by it. I think it's uh, uh, it's a challenge personally. Um, I think um, it is significant, probably beyond even what we recognise now. I think yeah, um, um, that to think of a new mission model is. Um, big, it's scary for us, uh, and and I think personally, um, mission uh, is a word that um, that I probably um, uh, put connotations alongside that are scary, um, <laughs> and I think often a lot of us do. But um, in conversations that we've had um, over the last probably six months that I think this has been percolating for, um, I think it's become clearer and clearer that it is a new mission model mm. as opposed to a ministry model. Yeah. And um, I think we have got used to the idea that um, we do ministry at church, and, and, and we do, that's, that's true and real, but... Um, Actually, I think our challenge is how do we stretch ourselves and make that mission. And I think traditionally the church has probably thought of mission about going out, mm-hmm. ministry, what happens at church. Yeah. But really, um, we, we need to bring mission into what we do at church. Yeah. In our everyday. It's like we're designed for it. God calls us into that. It was, that was some of the clarity. It was interesting. Like I was calling it a new ministry model for a long time. And, and it was kind of this revelation that reshaped it, just calling it a mission model because when you think about it god has us you and me us on mission to the central coast he does he's had us in that space for a long time and i think yeah based on the journey that we've been on for us to own that and understand that that's who we are and what we're called to do is significant like it changes things it changes things for me if we are we're on mission to the central coast and and beyond it overflows out of there but that's where god's planted us and we're on mission. It's, it's interesting. So if I was able to, because I think there's two ways to look at this, we can capture our new mission model very simply, and then there's more detail behind it, and I could go in that, and I had a diagram for that, and all these guys are going, Kev, that's just way too detailed. Um, but our mission model is simply this. It's to follow, gather, and go. And so three words that capture a mission model. Follow, gather, go. And we've spoken about that a little bit, not a lot, because we've wanted to land here. That, but there is, there is this, this process, if you will, where we're called to follow Jesus personally, engage with him personally, and to have practices that help us engage with truth even on a daily basis and weekly basis, monthly, lots of different practices. And then we kind of attend a gathering as the church, who we are, hence why we call our Sundays Sunday gatherings, not church services. We've spoken about that. Um, and we gather so that we go. It doesn't stop there. And I think that's probably some of the thing you were talking about. We've been, I think we've been good at gathering. We've been good at um, the one another stuff together. But there's a call to go, and we actually gather to go. Yeah, it's interesting. I think you say man, we put a focus on the gather rather than go, and actually, I think we've put focus on gather rather than follow as well. Yeah, I think so too. It can it can look like we're all doing things well and we're gathering and we're going to church, but in fact, we are the church. But yeah, so it's almost like gathers in this middle part. And if, even if you have a look closely at the even just a little diagram of follow, gather, and go, you can see these from the gathering. There's an arrow that goes to follow. And then to go, it kind of is the centre point. So we would hope that there'd be encouragement to follow and, and to do that daily, and, but then also encouragement to go. It's interesting when, when we wind right back the clock to the story where Jesus was here and he wanted to start his public ministry and he kind of connected with 
um, who's the people who are going to do it with me? And he went to these young fishermen and said something like this in Matthew 4. It says, Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. It was, what an invitation. I love that because what it is, is um, yeah, if we want to put a religious slant on this, yep. Jesus was not calling the religious elite to yep. come and be part of a, a new thing that he was doing. Yep. He was calling ordinary people who, yep. who didn't necessarily um, have you know, all the boxes ticked to say, yep, I'm a good, wholesome person who, yep. who's always doing the right thing. He just said, hey, here's some ordinary blokes, you know, tradies in our day. Mm. Um, and, he, and his invitation was, follow me. His invitation wasn't, will you say this prayer to be a Christian? He, he didn't even use the word Christian. No. He's just, follow me. And so that, that's that idea of um, just come and hang out with me and learn how to live yep. the best way to live. Yeah. And that's how do I live in relationship with God? Mm. How do I live in relationship with others? Mm. How do I do life well? Yeah. And, and that's what Jesus was actually the master <laughs> craftsman or tradesman in, was yeah. in doing life well. Yeah. And so I love that invitation. It's simply follow me. And that's, mm. that's where our mission model starts with yeah. following. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's it's so simple and profound, but mm. um, but takes a lifetime mm. to actually do well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's almost like if we get that part right, the rest kind of takes care of itself. And we've always said that. Um, you've spoken lots about the importance you've seen, Tim, in, in people choosing to actually follow Jesus and engage with his word. Tell me about that. How do you feel about that? Oh, I think Andrew just touched on a little bit then, actually, that um, at the lifelong journey and yeah. some of the people who've encouraged me most in my Christian walk have been, whether it's my grandmother or whether it was Jim Henderson, but people who, who you can see have committed their whole life to becoming like Jesus. I mean, that's what a follower of Jesus is, what a disciple of Jesus mm. is, but they're pursuing it just as hard, if not harder, in their 80s as what they would yeah. have been in their teens or 20s. And, and I think it just goes to show that it, not only is it lifelong, but there's no destination. It, yeah. It's a journey, yeah. and we can, we can all be on that. The, the other thing that strikes me, though, is, is that when you're following um, a direction or if you've turned from something else, things look different. Yeah, and so different. if we're followers of Jesus, things should look different. Mm. And... Um, I mean, Jesus um, spent his whole ministry um, uh, being an example to us of that. And then most of the rest of the New Testament, um, a lot of it is Paul um, talking about his journey and leading through his journey. Mm -hmm. And it looks different. And I I think we should expect for ourselves that when we submit to God and walk in his spirit, things look different. Mm. Yep. And it's interesting, things do look different. And like for those young fishermen or, you know, the whole 12, like things look different from that moment when they responded and go, I choose to follow Jesus. Yeah, I mean, for them, they, they were no longer fishermen. No. Um, they were no longer doing their trades. Yeah. They often went away from their families and yeah. Um, yeah, it was totally, it was a different direction. It was a new totally direction. Different, yeah. And what I like about that, in, as part of the invitation to follow, there's almost this this challenge in a way to kind of follow me and I'll show you how um, to be fishers of people. You said the other day, I will make you. Um, Like Jesus wants to develop our character to be like him, but also our heart to be like him. Like if Jesus came to seek and save those who are lost, right, 
So if we're going to choose to follow Jesus, our heart is going to be transformed in that way. Well, we're going to have a desire to see people step into the kingdom of God. I think we've been very good in, in our Christian world, when I was in the church, I'm just talking about coast, but beyond that, at actually feel like we're following Jesus and, and maybe doing some of the follow stuff. But I don't know. I think yes. there's, 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 there's a, a real there. tension there. There's a tension there. And I think yeah. the tension is, I think we've been really good in the church at yeah. um, believing some things about Jesus and thinking that's enough. Yeah. That if, if I believe God is real and I believe Jesus is his son and I believe he lived a life, died, rose again, mm. then that makes me a Christian if I mm. believe those things. Yeah. But the, 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 there's a step further to this. Mm. To follow, as Tim was just saying, your, your life will look different. So, Because yeah. I, I can believe all those things and live like everyone else in our culture. Yeah. Um, but But if I was to believe those things and my beliefs then shaped how I live, yep. which is actually the model Jesus promotes, yep. um, that if you truly believe this, then your actions and your life and your motives and your responses will flow out of those yeah. beliefs. That's the point of difference. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I love that that's where we're heading as a church, yeah. that we want to live in a way that yep. shows we're followers of Jesus. Yeah. I think we also buy into the um, lie that um, that it's not a good different. Like we we think yeah. we buy into the lie that it's yeah. a set of rules that takes life away. Yeah. When the reality is that it gives life, it brings us life. It's life to the full. Yeah. And I mean that's Jesus' promise to us that when we, when we walk with His Spirit and step into that and actually follow, we actually have life to the full. Yeah. Great, great point. It is the most adventurous. It's the best way to live. Imagine if we presented it like that. And, and it's interesting because we're invited to follow so that, like it is a so that. And, and you're right. In the, like we can believe um, that Jesus is God. That's the entry point into the family of God. So if you believe that, if that's a revelation you get at any point, it's like, yeah, well, welcome to the family of God. That's, that's cool. Um, but it's, on, it's only the start of the journey. It's almost like I probably would phrase it like we're adopted into the family of God, therefore we're about our father's business. You know, so, so many people would follow, especially years ago, follow their father's business, career, whatever that was, um, where we're, we're adopted into the family of God, therefore we're about our father's business. And I can't help but feel that's to seek and save those that are lost. And there's so many adopted into that family that that's the beauty of it. We're not called to do this in isolation. We're actually no. called to do this together, yeah. which is why we gather. Which is why we gather. Yeah. Which is like it's that's the, it's still a significant part of the model. Absolutely. What were you going to say? Yeah. Just before you um, go into gather, just um, a reminder to um, all our church family that the resources that our ministry team are putting out mm. um, that are daily Bible reading plans that allow us to engage personally with what the Sunday messages were. I just think it's really important that it, we our follow isn't just on Sunday. Our follow yeah. goes through the week. And I think um, I, I've really been encouraged in the last few months reading the Bible reading plans. They're on the church website and yep. it's available to everyone. But it, it means that the messages on Sunday stay relevant during the week. It's the same conversations we're having in home groups, same yep. conversations we're having around the dinner table at home. I, I think it's a great way for us to delve deeper into what the messages are and it makes that that follow part, not just the gather for two hours on Sunday, mm. but it's live through the week. Yeah. 
it increases our application of what we're engaging with. Yeah, for sure. It? Well, it makes it real. And instead yeah. of it being um, a half-hour message on a Sunday that you dissect in the car on the way home and then forget about, it actually yeah. keeps it live. And yeah. hopefully, it, as we are saying before, our follow, it actually means we're changing our behaviour. Yeah, yeah. And so our hope is that we, we follow well um, and we engage personally with Jesus. We allow his spirit to actually um, shape us, transform us, bring convictions, revelations. And actually, so when we gather, we actually come in a way where we're full, where, where we come to actually contribute. If we're following well, we don't feel we have to gather to receive. Um, that does happen. There's no doubt about that. But um, imagine if, if that was amplified and there was stacks and stacks of people that were following well and then turning up with the purpose to gather. Um, and then that, that's, a, that's a significant dynamic that I think could really shift things. I mean, that happens a lot in our church. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. Um, but for a model, I think that's a great model. I come... Full, I come to overflow, I come to encourage, I come to gather and actually come for the purpose of gathering. And there's a way to describe that. I yeah. think we would describe it as a sanctuary vibrant with yeah, life. That's right. Like, you know, well, that's what it is. See how it? this is fitting together? Yeah. I, I, I really love it. Yeah. Let me remind you of that verse um, is from last year. It says, present yourselves as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary vibrant with life in which you'll serve as holy priests offering Christ-approved lives up to God. That, that did capture something. That has stuck, hasn't it? And it's interesting that our mission model now obviously still has gathering as a, as a, as a community on a Sunday morning um, as a significant part of that. Um, what would you hope to see in that gathering? What what well, I know we spoke about that yeah. last week a fair bit. But yep. And I touched on that, um, was it last week or a couple of weeks ago? That, that, that analogy of, um, you know, the, the sporting team yes. um, in the change yeah, room before they go and play the game. Week. And, and uh, the, the, you know, as I said last time, analogies don't always hit the mark. But there's, there's something in that for me that just says, you know, the gathering is about this mutual encouragement. Yeah. It's about um, us placing courage and conviction into one another um, to go and live those Christian lives that we want to live, that we desire to live, but we sometimes find hard to live. Um, and, and to be in that together and it's that whole body analogy of you know when when one part of the body is doing really well it can hold up another yeah. and when when one part's strong it, it sort of protects and defends those that are weak and mm. and vice versa so all of us have something we can contribute in different seasons different weeks different days and we're better when we're together I think yeah. Mel said that last yeah, week that we, we actually benefit when we're all part of the gathering yeah. because all of us have something to bring and and receive from one yes. another yeah. and so there's a great uh, passage that Paul writes um, in 1 Thessalonians L- listen to these words he says so speak encouraging words to one another build up hope so you'll all be together in this no one left out no one left behind I know you're already doing this. Just keep on doing it. And I just think that could be a great verse in season for our church. Yeah. Yeah. It is that mutual encouragement that I think is a significant part. It's part of our mission statement, encouraging people to go for it. Um, we might chat about that later, but encourage, that mutual encouragement, it's like we're all in this together. It's not, it's not up to a few. And like in gathering, there's lots of things that need to happen for a gathering to happen. You know, like if you're having a gathering at home, we spoke about that, lots of jobs to be done, but that's only for the gathering. There's more to the story. But 
it's a significant part where we see um, that encouraging, that equipping, um, ready, ready to go. Tim, what, what is it that you'd hope to see in our gatherings? I mean, you've been part of our church for a long time. Um, what is it that you like to see when the church gathers? I mean, I think, uh, firstly, it's a, um, a display of God's creativity. Um, he yeah. does make us all different. And as we said, we, we are um, members of the body, different parts. Um, yeah. That's um, really speaking to the fact that God made us different. He gave us different talents, gave us different gifts. He equips us to do different things. Yeah. But the church is complete when we come together. And mm. so when God's creativity comes together, and that's all of us together playing our part, that's mm. when the church is the best. Yeah, which is part of our vision in Ephesians 4. We talk about that often, and we should, because that's that's a great picture. I mean, there's another passage in Romans, which is pretty similar to the one you read. I love it, where Paul goes, For I long to see you so that I may share with you some spiritual gift. That's what you're talking about. To strengthen and establish you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged and comforted by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Yeah, I think that's so true, it's, and it's part of being a body is that encouragement mm-hmm. of each other, and w- whether that's in a home group, whether that's at church on Sunday, but the yeah. um, opportunity to be encouraging each other, building yeah. each other up, and I- encouraging people to use their gifting, and w- whether that's in church on Sunday as part of the gathering, whether it's mm-hmm. in what we do during the week, yeah. but no, I, I certainly, um, for all of my Christian walk, I would say that um, gathering together, um, both in church and at home group, is where I'm encouraged yeah. to be the person I've been made to be. Yeah. So, that, so I think that's what um, gathering most importantly mm. is that encouragement. Yeah, that's great. Great testimony you have there, and I, I would agree with that. It's significant for me. It realigns me. Um, what I love about our gatherings too, and we've been talking about this a little bit, where it is it is the whole church that gathers, and that sounds like it should be but when we say that i think there is this conviction that there's this family aspect that we would want to embrace because everybody is different everyone's different part to play there's different generations that exist that we would hope that every generation every age person would feel like they belong and are part of a gathering part of a church Um, and i'd hope that we would see that and i've said this before but my hope is that our kids would really feel like they belong in a gathering, that it's not just for adults, um, it's for kids, it's for our youth, that together we belong. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm really encouraged by kids in our gathering. There's been plenty of times when kids have personally encouraged me, um, either by their presence or their energy or what they've said or what they've prayed. Um, I, I just love seeing that. I'm encouraged by our seniors yeah. Like for them to exist and be part, like for all of us together to go, actually, this is a place. Now, we will still have age-appropriate things for, for kids and youth, um, but we would want to see way more generational engagement. Yeah, I've loved um, having kids in church in the last couple of months. I, I think hearing that that noise um, and the buzz that they yep. bring and the unfiltered um, emotion, um, I, I think it's been great. Yeah. I, I enjoy having that. I don't think it's a distraction. Um, yeah. But um, more importantly for me is what that sets up for conversations during the week. So if, if a family's in church and it crosses generations, it might be that um, the grandparents are there as well. But if that mm. sets up, 
a conversation that kicks on from church in the family, mm. I think bring that on. And mm. the more that we can facilitate those faith conversations in families mm. um, so that uh, kids are growing up with a genuine faith, understanding, engaging with mum and dad, engaging mm. with their grandparents, and, um, yeah. yeah, that's part of the family, isn't it? Yeah, I think one of the best things we can do in discipling our own kids, particularly when they're young, mm. is to have them in the gathering, is mm. to model for them what it means to be the church gathered. You know, we, we have a friend in our church who who uses this analogy um, about the importance of the gathering. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he, he'll say, you know, I'll often be asked, you know, can I be a follower of Jesus? Can I be a Christian and not attend church, not gather as a church? And his answer is, well, well yes, just like you can be an elephant without a trunk. <laughs> you know, the, the thing that most distinguishes the elephant, mm. if that was missing, that there's still an elephant, but... But the thing that most distinguishes them is not there. And, and that's sort of the vibe we get with the gathering, with the church gathered, that, that is so essential as a follower of Jesus that we're part of that. It's interesting in our discipleship strategy, our tree, we call the gathering the trunk. <laughs> that's interesting. It's all coming together, isn't it? <laughs> hey? That is pretty funny. That was totally unscripted. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So the gathering is significant. We'd want to see that kind of engagement. We want the gathering to be part of an equipping process where it does set up conversations with other people outside of that from your family, even in your marriage, to take leadership there um, in all the in all the different ways that um, we'd have conversation. It is an equipping part. So our hope is that the empowering according to gifting actually happens in there. Um, we, we actually are equipped to be on mission as we gather. And then we have this courage to go. Like, encourage is to encourage. It's to actually place courage within. My hope is that that anyone who is in part of a gathering of Coast Community um, would actually go, you know what? I feel totally blessed that I've been adopted into the family of God. I understand what my father's business is. And with God, even though I might feel that's a big thing for me, I'm just going to say yes to that and trust him in it. Um, and I'm actually going to go. I understand I'm on mission. It's, it's a different way to think. I don't think we think about it enough. I mean, some people are wired for that. Some people with the gift of evangelism, that's all they think about, which is, which is awesome. And we need those gifts in our church. But, but just like there's a gift of encouragement, um, we don't just leave that to the people that got a gift. We're all involved in this invitation of family and mission. And some people could be feeling nervous hearing that, mm. thinking, oh, man, does my life really have to change now? Yeah. But we've already discussed <laughs> that that if that's how you're feeling, you're already going, you're yes. already doing this. And I can say that with confidence because you're already living your life, <laughs> whatever that looks yeah. like in your home, in your workplace, in your school, mm. um, in your sporting teams, in your daily commute, whatever that looks like, you're already doing it. Yeah. So it's not like we've got to go and find something extra to put on top yeah. of this Christian faith. Um, it, it's just simply about being aware of how we live our life as followers of Jesus. Yeah. And so I think it takes the pressure off a bit, doesn't it? It does, because it can be pretty daunting to think I'm on mission and what does that look like for me? But for us to understand, I think there's a few things we can chat about that actually takes the pressure off, because I wouldn't want anyone to feel pressure for that. It's not that at all. It's an invitation. And there is a, there is a challenging edge to that. It puts you on the edge. But I think that's some of the adventure. That's some of the trust in God. It's some of the courage that we do need. Um, but yeah, we all we all have go places already because we are living our life. Um, 
what are some of the go places that we feel we could actually articulate to go? Actually, these are some of the places that we would go. Actually, you're already going in that. What are some of those places? I mean, it's everywhere we are, isn't it? Yeah. Just by definition, but um, the, the first place is our family. Yeah. Um, then you can go out from there and uh, I mm. guess you look at your extended family and yeah. uh, I think all of us would identify that um, that's a mission field often. Yeah. Um, our workplaces for sure, um, clubs, sporting communities that we're part yeah. of, um, our friendship groups, um, yeah. hobbies and interests. Like it really is just everywhere. And, and and even the random meetings we get, you go down to the shops and you can be ambassador for Christ at the shops. Yep. Who you present yourself as and how you yep. conduct yourself if things aren't perhaps going the way that you yep. wanted them to or something goes wrong or a car that cuts you off in, in the traffic. Like they're all opportunities to um, to reflect Christ, aren't they? Yeah. And we are creatures of habit. Mm. Like I'm not a coffee drinker, but I'm expecting there are some people who drink coffee <laughs> who probably go to the same coffee shop every morning to get a coffee probably yep. off the same person. Yeah. Um, Eat at, you know, might have business meetings at a regular restaurant or cafe yeah. where you start to get to know the staff. There's, there's all these things that are just part of our daily life that if we had an awareness of, how can I be, you know, Christ's ambassador, a witness for Jesus in this place, in this moment, yeah. that's the going. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. And next year we will spend a bit of time even in an equipping space to go, well, well, how do we do that? What language do we use? How do we start a conversation? How do we tell if someone's interested in having a faith conversation? Because you've, you've heard me say this before, Andrew, lots. I think people, people in our nation, people on the Central Coast, people all around you, I totally believe most people are happy to have an authentic faith conversation about Jesus. There's just something about the church where it's a pretty big obstacle to step in. I think that's I, very I totally real. agree. I, I think um, it's been rare for me that I would have a conversation with someone, um, even to offer to pray for someone. It would be rare that someone would say no to that. Yeah. Um, most people are happy to have some sort of a conversation yeah. um, about God. Um, but I, I think it comes back to what we were saying before about that mission word being scary. But um, actually I think we make it scary yep, because we, we make it about ourselves and <laughs> we take the responsibility for that. Yeah. But it's not our responsibility. Yeah. It's God's revelation and that's who yep. God is. Yep. Um, but when we make it about ourselves and we take the responsibility for mission, that yep. that is scary and it should be scary <laughs> it because should be scary. it's not our job. It's not the way. Can, can I share a passage that takes a bit of the stress off that, yep. that we don't have to be theologically trained, although that's good, yep. and we don't have to be you know, years of experience. Yep. Listen to what Jesus said to his disciples. This is out of Matthew chapter 10. Um and he's saying this to his disciples before he sends them off to do some of the things he's been doing. Yep. And so it says, um, this is out of the message, chapter 10, starting in verse 5, Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with his charge. Don't begin by traveling to some far off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Love that. Then he says, then tell them that the kingdom is here and bring health to the sick and raise the dead and touch the untouchables and kick out the demons. I love this. this That's an adventurous line. No, isn't it? And I love this line. You have been treated generously, so live generously. And then he continues, don't think you have been, sorry, don't think you have to put on a fundraising campaign before you start. Hmm. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment, and all you need to keep that going is three meals a day, travel light. Mm. 
I just love that. That's you are the equipment. Message. You are the you are the equipment. So Jesus yeah. is saying, you know, to go and make a difference in the world, all, all all I need is you to be available. Yeah, that's it. Just be you. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It because I think you're right. If we make it about us, it feels pressure. If we make it all about God, it's not pressure. It's actually an invitation into a great life where we carry the good news of Jesus and the pressure's off. Like it's not, it's not even up to us to convert people. That's not what we're trying to do. If we end up doing that, we'll keep score. And how many have you converted? How many have I converted? You know, come on. It's not that. It's actually the Father is the one who brings a revelation that Jesus is God. And it's not even a personal rejection if someone's not interested because all we're doing is extending an invitation. Yep. And with any invitation we get, we have the option to accept it or reject it. Yeah. But, but it's not us personally being rejected. Yeah. I really enjoyed reading that message translation this yeah. week. Um, I don't think I've um, read that passage in that translation, but it, it, to me it just feels like it makes it relevant to where we are now. Like I, I read that um, passage in the NIV and it feels like um, a world away from me, but yeah. re- reading that and having it contextualised for us, I, th- yeah. I think it does take down some of those barriers. I, don't, no, yeah. I would just encourage everyone to read that again. Hopefully that's in the reading plan this week. It is week. in the reading plan. Yeah. And uh, so there'll be opportunity for you to engage with that and um, I think to have a conversation around the dinner table about that, mm. that'd be great. Yeah, you are the equipment. It does take the pressure off um, because we, we understand that the Father's drawing people to himself. Jesus doesn't want anybody to perish. He actually came to seek and save those that were lost. And if we're followers of him, that's going to be our heart and we want to step into that. We're, we're invited into the family of God and in God's mission in his world. What, what a privilege to be invited into that. But Jesus wants to partner with us. And it's like even the conversation that Jesus had with Peter. He says, Peter, who do you say I am? He says, I, th- I think you're God, you're Messiah. And he goes, that, that no human person could have told you that. It's from the revelation from your father. So from that, I get this concept where as we just have natural conversations with people, as they come up, as they might, we might ask someone, you know, hey, you know, when so- you feel someone's interested, hey, love to, ex- you know, happy to explore faith with you or whatever. We can talk about that next year, how we might have language around that. But you are the equipment. Whatever language you use is fine. But the pressure's off because the father's already up to stuff. But in a faith conversation like that, that's when a revelation happens. And I love think to see um, that. The, the other piece that's in there that we in our humanness forget is that spirit's with us. Yeah. And so um, actually we're just allowing the spirit to work through us. Yeah. And if we're submitting to um, his conversations and allowing the spirit to move in yeah. us, then there's no pressure on us. No, it's just us being aware, like you said before, feeling those prompts of the spirit and trusting that. And just being, just being you and having natural, authentic conversation with people. And we're going to see, I absolutely believe we're going to see people understand who Jesus is. And there's an invitation for them into the kingdom of God, which starts a whole other model of follow, gather, go, for someone to follow, then gather, and then, and then go. But you're exactly right, Tim. It's, it's, we're spirit-empowered, and I love in Acts 1.8 where it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I mean, it's pretty comprehensive. Um, we have the Spirit. It's the promise in the Great Commission that, that Jesus is with you. He's with us always to the very end of the age. The context of that was mission as we make disciples, that we are empowered by the Spirit. God does want us to go, and he, he does want us to just tell people, just be, be representing him. 
in all the different contexts where he places us. That's yeah. our go point. That, that's the purpose of the church in the that's world the today, the has been for 2,000 years. Yeah. And as we've journeyed you know, through this whole COVID season, we've been asking those questions. Yeah. God, who do you want us to be? Yeah. What do you want us to do? Yeah. How do you want us to do it? Yeah. And this is where he's led us. Yeah. We've unpacked this in these conversations over the last six, seven weeks. Yeah. Um, and this is sort of the what it looks like on the ground. Follow, yeah. gather, go. Yeah. I love it. Really looking forward to next year. Really yeah. looking forward to where God's leading us. Simple. I hope we'd grab it, follow, gather, go. Um, do you want to say anything before we close? Yeah, just um, just in thinking about um, the, the simplicity of that follow, gather, go. And um, it sort of feels funny to um, think that um, the distilling process over this yeah. year lands at um, three very simple words. Yeah. But, but I look at um, the notes that we had for preparing today and um, I reckon half the um, sermons that you guys have preached this year have been in and around this leading up to this point, even mm. though we didn't know that six months ago. Mm. The other thing that I would say is that I just want to affirm you, Kev, and Andrew and Jeff particularly for uh, in a year when um, we could have been derailed, church was taken away from us, gathering was taken away from us, mm. you, you guys took the opportunity to, to seek God and ask, what is it that you want us as church to do? We can't meet. Um, and, I, and I think that's been, um, well, it's been humbling for me to watch you guys do that. And then you brought some of those revelations back to us as elders and we've been able to engage and um, build a conviction that um, that this new direction is significant and is what the church should be doing. Um, so even in the simplicity of those words, I, I think it is a big challenge. I think it is actually a pretty significant direction mm. change and there will be people that will be challenged by it. There will be people who will find it confronting um, but um, I think the reassurance has to be that the Spirit's with us mm. and um, that's where the power um, comes from for us to have those conversations mm. and to share. So I, I think going forward this will be a significant change for the church mm. and there will be significant fruit that comes from it. Yeah. So thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for being on the journey with us. I totally agree. I think it's super significant, more than we'd ever realise. It does feel like there's a direction change that will take time to unpack and gain momentum and traction. But I absolutely believe that there will be fruit there, significant fruit. Um, so I suppose our encouragement to you is, is to almost prepare your heart for that. Um, follow Jesus personally. Allow his spirit to actually... Um, speak into that in, in your life and what that looks like. And our invitation is, um, come with us. The invitation is that we are in this together. We can't, we can't do it um, as individual people um, going off doing our own things, as another translation says, that, that God uses a body of people um, and you're part of it. And our invitation is to actually um, let's do that together and let's be prayerful about it. Let's trust God deeply because I absolutely believe it is is one of the most significant shifts we've seen as a church to date. Um, but I'm excited about that. I'm daunted by it and I'm excited about that. Um, so thanks for joining us um, in this conversation. I appreciate you guys in that. And I know that you've, um, you've really engaged with God personally around that. So thank you, and I'm looking forward to ahead. So let me pray. Hey? Father, thank you that we could gather like this, um, and thank you for your presence within us personally as believers of Jesus, and I pray for anyone that may be engaging at home that, that may have had a revelation today that Jesus is God, and I just thank you that that's the entry point to the family of God, and you invite us into this family. 
Um, and God, I thank you for that. I thank you for the beauty of your family, the complexity of that and, and how diverse it is from, from giftedness and personality and generations. But I thank you that you call us to be together as one one in love. And so, God, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would help us understand that we're not only invited into the family of God, but we're invited into your mission in your world. And that's a beautiful invitation. And that invitation happens from the moment we're invited into your family. And I thank you for that. God, I pray that as a church that we would land at this new mission model and embrace it to follow, gather, and go. And I pray, God, that you would integrate that into the life of who we are. You'd actually transform us as a community of people. Lord, you'd fill us with a courage to trust you deeply, but also to take courageous steps in whatever way you're calling us to step into, collectively as a church, but also individually as we go. Lord, show us the places that you've already placed us from our homes, workplaces, where we volunteer. Lord, it might be starting a home church. Um, God, whatever it is you're calling us to go, I pray you'd fill us with vision for that. And I pray that you would equip us, knowing that we are the equipment in those places. Give us the words to say, what to say, how to say it. I pray your spirit would guide us the whole way. Help us to be brave enough to follow your prompts. So God, right now, at this point in time, at the end of 2020, God, we want to commit this new mission model to you of follow, gather, and go. We really sense that you've called us back to that core purpose. So, God, in a fresh way, we just want to say yes to that and say we trust you in that. Lord, we declare that this is all about you, that you are at the centre of our church, the centre of our fellowship, of our gathering, and in everything we do that goes. And Lord, I pray that everything we do would point people to you, Jesus, and I pray that we would see a multitude of people be impacted with your good news, that we would see life change, people stepping into your family, declaring it with baptism and saying yes to being on mission with you. So we commit that to you today in Jesus' name. Amen.